You're listening to Femfluence Radio, created for women desiring more influence and affluence and are looking for other women who want the same. I'm your host, Jennifer Kemp, but you can call me Jen. I'm a serial entrepreneur and founder who's built four multi-million dollar companies. I'm also a mom to three amazing humans and a wifey to the self-proclaimed slay-at-home dad. Whoa, (laughs) that makes me tired just saying out loud. On this show, we'll have the real BS-free conversations that every woman wants to have, but no one's talking about with the honesty we deserve. We'll chat on the intersection of too muchness and not enoughness, what aligned success looks and feels like, and what it takes to dismantle old systems, beliefs, and thinking that get in the way of what we really want. If you're an ambitious woman, looking for a collective that will support you as you grow into the next level leader you and everyone else knows, likes, and trusts, then stick around because you're already home and amongst friends. Now, let's go build longer tables together. I am so pumped about this episode because I could talk about archetypes all day long. So let's get started. So there are a ton of ways to assess your personality and humans love learning more about what we're about. We're just obsessed with ourselves and what makes ourselves tick from horoscopes to assessments for work in your career, like DISC and strength finders to personal assessments like the Enneagram and Myers-Briggs. There are a lot of ways to be curious about what makes you and others tick. Now, for the past 21 years, I have been massively obsessed with why humans be and do things. And it's ultimately why I became a brand futurist, because by my definition, I study and support brands that create strategies and help them understand why people consume and buy things, especially products and services. And if you're a woman leader who wants to create more affluence and influence, you're going to want to have these tools in your pocket as well. The best way I've discovered to do that is an assessment I've created, and I'm going to share that with you in a moment, but I want to give you the context over the tool because I think it's really important to hear how this all drives behavior. I'd also like to share the origin story of how I use archetypes in business and in brand building for both my own as well as literally thousands of businesses using this assessment to help them get seen, heard, and paid more. So let's start with the second grade, Jen. So when I was in second grade, I went to this very special Catholic school called St. Michael's in a little town called Waialua, Hawaii. It's on the island of Oahu. And in the town I grew up in, the population is 4,000 people or less. I don't know if you remember when you were in second grade, but there is a question that the teacher normally asks all second graders, and it's the famous, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I, I honestly remember that day so clearly in my mind, sister Fatima, who was our teacher asked that question and all of the boys in class jumped up and said that they wanted to be police officers and firefighters and doctors. And the little girls in class 
stood up and said that they wanted to be teachers and nurses and moms, okay? And when it came my turn, when Sister Fatima asked me, Jenny, what do you want to be when you grow up? I proclaimed proudly that I wanted to be the general counsel for Coca-Cola International. (laughs) Now, I know that might sound like a really weird answer to that question, especially for the fact that I was in second grade. I was basically, you know, seven years old. And here I was proclaiming some pretty big words. And for a company that was and still is one of the biggest companies in the world. And what happened to me that day is I got sent to the corner and literally I was sent to the corner for basically showing off in front of class. And I remember when I got home and my school had called my mom telling them that I had acted up in class, which was devastating for me because I was one of those little kids that loved school and felt really excited to go to school and do my homework every day. I was one of those really geeky kids and I never got in trouble. I was teacher's pet until that moment when I opened my mouth and said those specific words. And I remember when I got home, I bawled my eyes out when my mom sat me down and said to me, Jenny, what happened today? And I told her, well, I just told Sister Fatima who I wanted to be when I grew up. And my mom said, well, I have a question for you. What is a general counsel? (laughs) And here was my mom, you know, outing herself that she didn't even know what that meant. And I said, mom, the general counsel is the number one attorney for big companies. And I remember my mom saying something to me to the effect of, Jenny, why didn't you just say you wanted to be a lawyer? That's already pretty provocative or pretty upsetting for your teachers. And so why didn't you just say that? And I said, well, I learned that it's important to be very specific in what you want to be. And so I said clearly what I wanted to be. Well, my mom laughed at me and in a, in a kind way. And she said, you know, I'm really proud of you. And just know that not everyone is going to understand you, especially as a young woman. And so be aware of that as you move through life. A lot of that moment carried forward with me as I grew into a corporate executive and now an owner and CEO of my own companies. And that little girl... Jenny in second grade who wanted to be general counsel of Coca-Cola International didn't become a lawyer, which is a whole different story. But what has happened is I have navigated and advised some of the greatest brands in the world, including Coca-Cola International. So I guess some of it's tied together, right? Well, if we fast forward to when I was 22 years old, fresh out of college and pursuing a career in marketing and high tech, One of my first jobs was with the biggest advertising agency in the world, Ogilvy & Mather. And I worked on the Coca-Cola account. So isn't that interesting, that synergy? But I was hired as a junior copywriter, which really meant that we got coffee, not writing, for the account executives. And Coca-Cola just happened to be one of our accounts. In fact, we managed a billion, that's with a B, dollar advertising budget for them. 
And I would hear the account executives talking about how uh, we needed to crush Pepsi. Literally, those were the words that were said in the war room of the halls in this advertising agency. And what they specifically talked about was a concept of Pepsi's archetype versus Coca-Cola's archetype. And I learned very early on that Pepsi was a dominant ruler archetype and Coca-Cola was a dominant muse archetype. Now I'm going to explain more about why that matters at all as we go through this episode, but it fascinated me. And when I asked one of the account reps what they were talking about, he said to me, this is how we determine the psychology of how the brand shows up to consumers. And we build all of our strategy from this center point. And so now I've taken that first initial knowledge and used this methodology over the course of both my corporate and entrepreneurial career. Because every great brand, including yours, benefits from what they call archetypal brand psychology. And today I'm going to teach you how to use yours in a powerful way to build your personal and professional brand. So first and foremost, I want to say that I did not invent the term archetypes. The term itself was first coined by social psychologist Carl Jung. And Carl Jung also is the background creator of the Myers-Briggs and many psychological conversations around the hero's journey and whatnot. And so in terms of that being applicable to Femfluence and the people listening in, this is the piece that allows you, if you're building more affluence and influence, to harness your authentic and true voice and your authentic and true stories and create more of a psychological connection with the audience that you're attracting. So when I started using that process early in my career and then started testing it over time, I realized that just knowing the brand's archetype, the dominant archetype, the one leading idea was not enough to assess how a brand could show up as powerfully and potently as possible. So I developed and tested a proprietary process to identify the three levels of archetypes that help you access and communicate clearly the soul and the source of your brand's power. And they are the dominant archetype, the intrinsic archetype, and the intuitive archetype. We call this the brand aim or archetype influence mix. So you're going to hear me reference it as the aim going forward in this episode. Now let's describe the three archetypes that make up your brand's mix. First is the dominant archetype. And I like to think of that as the main dish. It's the main thing that you're serving up to your audience. And it is also the most important meal. But the intrinsic and the intuitive archetypes are what I call the seasoning and the butter. So it makes the main dish not just have flavor, but a delicious, you know, stickiness to what you have going on because everybody loves butter. Am I right? And so why does this matter to you? Well, 
Women who can use this process will definitely have what I call a brand vantage in all of their communication and asks. If you remember in the last episode, I talked about whether you are a leader inside of a company or you're leading your own company and growing that. Having and building a personal brand that has influence and connections matters. And if you can do it authentically and completely on brand for you, it doesn't feel as exhausting or stressful. And this is why I love this process I call the AIM. Now, there are 12 archetypes and over 1,400 mixes depending on your answers inside of this assessment. And all of those pieces will be given to you because it's going to be my gift to you today as well. But let me just give you some background on examples of how archetypes support brands. Let's start with that story of Coca-Cola versus Pepsi. So Coca-Cola is a Muse dominant archetype. And what does a Muse stand for? The Muse is also known as the innocent, the, the, the nostalgic, the moment maker. And so what that means is Coca-Cola has built their entire brand around making you feel that when you have a Coke, you'll have a smile. You know that advertising campaign that they have? It's have a Coke and a smile. But why are you smiling? Because having a Coke is pinned to a childhood memory. Coca-Cola actually invented Santa Claus. That's right. You may not know this, but they actually invented the concept of Santa Claus. And because Santa Claus wears a red and white suit, you actually subconsciously associate Christmas with Coca-Cola. This is actually really real. That's why they live very powerfully in their dominant archetype. Because if you test out as a muse archetype, that means that leading with nostalgia, with memories, with moments from past actually strengthen your brand power. Let's use my brand archetype influence mix or aim as an example as well. So my dominant archetype is ruler. My intrinsic archetype is explorer and my intuitive archetype is lover. Now, the ruler archetype is also known as the CEO, the leader, the dominant one. And just because I test out as a ruler dominant, that doesn't mean that I have the most followers or have the most authority. What it means is, is that I need to be unapologetic about explaining how my leadership and my knowledge and expertise supports the people who want to work with my company. And to be honest with you, when I tested out as a ruler years ago in my own assessment, um, and then also like in other people's assessments that I had adapted and, and worked to this better process over time, I was actually quite disappointed. I was afraid that as a ruler, I would get judged, especially frankly by other women, if I was this archetype. Because we've been taught to not speak up. We've been taught that if we say our piece, we're a bitch. We've been taught that those spots are reserved for men and that we're lucky to get a spot at the table at leadership. And so it bothered me that in order for me to fully engage my audience, that using the ruler as one of my 
first narrative inspirations that I would actually hurt myself. And the truth is, is that the moment I fully embraced my dominant archetype as ruler and my two other archetypes, explorer and lover, I moved from being a six-figure business to now an eight-figure business. And that is not an exaggeration. So I hope that when you get the opportunity to take this assessment, and here's a little hint, I'm going to give it to you, that you'll get the insights that will help support you in building a personal brand that's very potent. Because once you know your brand aim, you'll learn how to tell a better story. David Ogilvy, who is obviously the founder of Ogilvy and Mather and also really regarded as the top advertising expert of all time and one of the best copywriters that ever lived, he said this quote, management cannot be expected to recognize a good idea unless it is presented to them by a good salesman. Well, notice he only said salesman, which hello, about salesperson, okay? Because women have very natural abilities to sell. But back to that quote, for you, if you are an entrepreneur, I want you to sub out management with customers and the same applies. So rewritten, this quote would say, customers cannot be expected to recognize a good idea unless it is presented to them by a good salesperson. So the point is, is that when you are communicating your values, when you are communicating your ideas, when you are communicating the things that you want to get done, when you do that with the strength of knowing your brand aim or archetypes, you are in a better position to enroll decision makers, which makes you a better salesperson. And I'm using salesperson in quotes because sales. What I look at as sales is it's enrollment, enrolling people into our ideas, our projects, and the things that we want. Because if that word sales triggers you, definitely I want you to listen into the last episode because what I know is that's just a story from the past that's not serving you now. It's very difficult to get rich and recognized without being good at sales. But the good news is becoming great at storytelling shortens the enrollment effort And this brand aim that I created gives you the confidence, certainty, and clarity so that when people are deciding to buy or work with you, they do. Now, one of the best storytellers in the world, Queen Oprah, is a curator of great storytellers and has anointed so many other women to tell their stories. For example, Sarah Blakely, Brene Brown, Ayanna La Vanzant. So you can also spot a great story and elevate other women with these tools too. The benefits are so massive. In fact, one of the things that I think that Oprah really has proven is that when other women elevate other women, huge empires can grow. And so people like Oprah could never know who you are unless you say what you're up to and build a personal brand so that other people can share you too. Now, you're probably wondering, okay, Jen, so how do I take this fantastic tool? How do I do and use it? How can I become a better storyteller and know my brand aim? Well, of course you want to know that because you're a smart lady, right? Okay, so here's the good news. I have a gift for you 
Go to brandarchetypequiz.com to access your dominant archetype. So if you want to know the power of how to use all three and build what I call a master brand no one can ignore, you can be trained directly by me in my master brand program, where I'll also teach you the seven part storytelling sequence that will enroll people into your vision so your brand is chosen time and time again. And remember, this is for you, whether you are leading your own company or you're inside of a company and you want to have more influence over the decisions that are happening at the management level. As I've said in many of the episodes, I'm on a personal mission to mentor at least a thousand women leaders this year to up their affluence and influence by building a powerful master brand. And I'd love for you to be one of them. So if you know you'd like to do that and also meet me in person, because those that participate in the master brand program actually get to have a workshop with me and it is a powerful, powerful event. So if you're interested in that, you can go to masterbrand.me forward slash FF, masterbrand.me forward slash FF. And in today's worksheet that I'm giving you, let's start to journal out how to be a better storyteller. So first, I want you to take that brand archetype quiz and put down what is your dominant archetype and what is your initial reaction to it. Now, I want you to note, if you don't join master brand, but you only take the brand archetype quiz, you only get access to your dominant archetype. But it is, again, the narrative that you need to lead with. So when you take the assessment, just know that it is not a for your entertainment only type of quiz. It's the actual diagnostic tool with all of the psychological questions in it. So it doesn't, it's not something you take in five minutes. It actually takes about 20 minutes and I want to make sure you take it when you're not feeling rushed. And you also want to take it from a standpoint of where you are right now, not where you actually want to be, whether that's CEO of the business you work for or CEO of a company, please only come from the place of now and you'll get the best results possible. The second thing is what are some of the stories you have that you know would help other people? So go ahead and list some of those stories and they could be anything from personal stories or professional stories. I shared with you today that story from second grade and also that story of when I was 22 years old and how it all came together to show you how I ended up building this proprietary assessment that thousands of people have taken and used successfully to build their brands. But in all honesty, the archetype psychology does nothing for our affluence and influence if we don't get this next part I'm about to teach you right And it's also the thing that the most successful people obsess over and everyone else avoids or tries to skip through. So if you are serious about leveling up your affluence and influence, you don't want to miss the next episode. Thanks for listening to FemFluence Radio. If you resonated with this episode, please leave us a review and let other women know about it. Remember, we're building longer tables here. Follow us on Instagram at femfluence underscore official to stay in the conversation and also visit femfluence.com to sign up and receive things I only give to our listeners and friends. I look forward to our next chat.